So this is the old, this is the old uh, joke that uh, there was a, in the Bronx Zoo. They, the gorilla, which was very rare, imported from Africa, died. And they needed to replace it. It was a big sight. Everyone would come from all over to see it. Huge gorilla. So they uh, put out an ad. And uh, there was a Jew that was waiting for years to, um, to get a gig as being an actor. And he saw the ad, so he, so he called up the, the zoo and said, I want to I act as the gorilla. So they hired him and they brought him in as the gorilla. And he was acting as the gorilla. At first he was a bit hesitant, you know, he was like uh, uncomfortable, but he figured it out. Then he started climbing up, making a show for everyone, acting like a gorilla. And it took till one day where he was climbing all over and before he knew it, he was hanging over the lion's cage. And he was trying to hold down for his life and without, uh, for, for, it took long enough, he was hoping that one of the zookeepers would come in and help him, but he eventually fell. He fell into the lion's den. And sitting there in the lion's den, he doesn't know what to do. He, he runs over to the side and he's waiting. And, the, and finally the lion starts coming closer and closer and closer. So he screams out and he says, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem Echad. And he's waiting and the lion responds, Baruch Shem Kved Machus And then from the zebra's cage he screams out, Be quiet you guys, if you don't stop speaking, we're all going to be fired. <laughs> so the, today we're going to talk about the animals. The animals that it discusses in Parshish B'chukaisi. In the beginning of Parshish B'chukaisi, before it goes into the curses, the Toichacha, it mentions many blessings, many great things that will happen. One of the things that it says that will happen is in Source 1, where it says, that I will get rid of, I will remove any um, wild animals, any bad animals from, from the land. God is saying something for the future, that I'm going to get rid of all wild animals. <clears throat> so what does that mean he's going to get rid of the wild animals? So there's an argument in the Medrash between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. If you guys remember, this is the same Rabbi Yudah Rabbi Shimon that we had a class on last week about the Romans, right? And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. So Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon argue. Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi Yudah says, take it literally. Vishbati means when God says he's going to remove it, he's literally going to get rid of every wild animal in the world. There won't be any left. They will be gone. Rabbi Shimon says, no. He's not going to get rid of it. What is he going to do? He's going to get rid of their habit to damage. He's going to stop them from being predators. Meaning, they will, animals will still be there, but they won't harm them. They won't be predators. They will, he's going to take their nature out of them of harming, of, of, of harming others. That is the argument between Rabbi Yudha and Rabbi Shem. Now obviously we need to understand, good morning, we need to understand um, what is... What is, what is lying beneath their opinions? And why would they argue about such a thing? And what is the difference? Whether the animals will be here or they won't be here and, um, and they, or they, they will be here and won't damage or they won't be here. And to the extent, by the way, that Rabbi Shimon supports his view with a strong statement where he says that I so much hold of my opinion that the animals will be here but we're just going to get rid of their nature to, to, uh, to harm. When is the real praise of God? When can you praise God and say how great God is? What is more of a praise for God? When the animals will disappear? Or when the animals will be here but won't damage? 
Obviously, when there'll be here, it won't damage. He says, of course. That's much, much greater of an accomplishment for God. Is it greater when they won't be damaging? Will it be greater when they're not here, when the damaging animals are not here, or when they are here, but they're not damaging? Obviously, and therefore he says, his opinion, that in the end of time, the animals will be here, but they just won't harm. They won't be predators. They won't damage. This is Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Proof is to, you know, History. Nobody talks about the times of Noah that, oh my gosh, Hashem got rid of all the animals except the ones in the table. He's lived there in the Seattle's time. He sat in with a lion. Not Yonah. Um, uh, Daniel. Who? Daniel. Daniel sat there with a lion and he wasn't afraid exactly. to bite him. That's the story he Exactly. Again. That's yeah. Meaning it's much greater oh, when they're there and they, they don't damage. Okay. So let's understand what's going on in the depth of their opinion. And there are really two different views in general on what's the ultimate, what should we be trying to do, what can we expect of ourselves, and what can we expect of the end of times, and what should we be working on to prepare ourselves for that. So this discussion we already brought last week between Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon, that they have two different views across the whole Torah. And here we're going to discuss it in the word. The word the Torah uses here is v'yishbati, that I will remove. The word v'yishbati, I will remove, right, comes from the word Shabbos, which means to rest, to refrain from working. Similar thing, refrain, stop stopping something. We find it again by getting rid of the chametz. Tashbisu, the same word, tashbisu sa'ermi batechem. To get rid of the chametz, I brought the verse in three and five. You have the two psukum where we see both by getting rid of chametz, it uses the same word, tashbisu. And again by Shabbos, it uses the same word, and over there, interestingly, again, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon amongst the chachamim also argue on the meaning of the word. And really, this is based on the Ragachavar, where he explains that they're arguing on what's the meaning of the word. When the Torah says to remove, when Hashem says, I'm going to remove something, or you should refrain from something, what? What's, what's considered stopping something? What's considered removing something and getting rid of something? So according to Rabbi Yudha, no, they, they argue. Rabbi, for Hashem, for any, when, it, when the Torah uses that word, when the Torah uses that word, Okay. When the Torah uses that word, how do we explain, understand that word? If he would? If he was put on If he converted to Judaism and put on film, you say. No, if he was putting film on others, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. That's more expressive. That's a sensitive example. But. He could have used someone else. <laughs> I can't just be like Raphael, the cleaning guy from the JLC. <laughs> Gotta be Hitler. Right? I don't know. I don't know. What's the show? His name is called Okay, so they, they defer in understanding the word Tishbois, Tashbisu, Vihishbati. And they argue about this. Rabbi Yehuda understands it to mean that removing means that it has to completely be rid of, not be, it can't be in existence in any way, shape, or form. If, in, if it's in existence in any way, you didn't remove it. That's why by Chometz, Rabbi Yehuda holds, that if you don't actually burn the Chometz, there is no other way of getting rid of, of Chometz other than burning it. That's what Rabbi Yehuda holds. The same opinion, same idea. Because you have to literally get rid of it completely. It can't be here in any way, shape, or form. Otherwise, you have not got rid of it. That's how he understands getting rid of something. Rabbi Shimon understands it very differently. What does it mean to get rid of something? It means getting rid of its character, getting rid of its appearance, getting rid of its toyar, its tzura, 
getting rid of its, its, uh, its depth and its inside, when you transform and get rid of the inside, it could still be there, but it's a different thing. It's a different person. It's not the same thing it was before. Therefore, Rabbi Shimon holds, amongst the Chachamim, by Chametz, that you don't have to burn Chametz to get rid of it. Even if you crumble it and throw it in the air, you, you fulfill the obligation. Because you, it's still here in a different form. Being that it's in a different form, you got rid of it. And same thing by the animals. He says, if we say that Hashem will get rid of their character, their behavior, their nature of being a predator, of harming, then you got rid of them. I, they're still here. They're here in a different form, transformed. They say Sumer Rav Rasatov, right? But I heard, I read actually, something from Rav Rasatov, who said that you can't just do good and the bad will disappear. You have to kill the evil at its root. Yes. But you, so you have to kill it at its root. But the question is if there can be anything good in it, anything positive in it. Anything positive that can be um, extracted from, from, what's, from what it has and be transformed to be good. And this is something, let's, so let's understand this. Uh, this is what we want to discuss today, Rabbi Shimon's view. Rabbi Yudah's view is very simple, very basic. Getting rid of something means getting rid of something. If you haven't gotten rid of it, you didn't get rid of it, right? Very simple. Rabbi Shimon, <laughs> Rabbi Shimon holds no. Rabbi Shimon goes deeper. Rabbi Shimon, the author of Kabbalah, like we discussed last week, Rabbi Shimon understands and looks at the depth of, every, of everything. And Rabbi Shimon is able to see in something its depth, its value, and its benefit to society, even, even, if, it can't, even if it can't be seen otherwise. Even if it's not apparent and it's not, it's not something which can be visibly seen on the surface, on the outside, Rabbi Shimon looks for the depth of things, because that's Kabbalah, that's Chassidus, looking for the depth of things. So therefore, in the context, Josh, of what you were saying, there is, Kabbalah explains that everything evil is a shell, is a peel. Before, this, before the Chetet Tzadas, a klipa, before the Chetet Tzadas, the shell, the shell of everything, was help, helped and benefited and contributed to the fruit. The shell was translucent. It, 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 was, it was shining, the fruit sh- shined right through it. Meaning the shell wasn't a partition, it wasn't a blockage between the fruit and the outside. It, was, it, was, it, was helped, it helped it, brought it out, and was part of, its, um, uh, part of its, the enjoyment of it, part of the pleasure of it. And this is using the example of a fruit, but everything in the world has a shell, has an outer layer. The outer layer of everything was translucent. It shined through. The depth and inner part of it shined right through. And therefore the shell was a klipa that was shoimer. That's the words. It was, a, it was a peel that guarded and protected the inside. After the chet tzedas, when the sin happened, the klipa changed. And the klipa changed to be a blockage, to, to be a partition, to block between the good part of it and the outside. That, that people outside should be blocked and be held back from the good that's that's inside and beneath the shell, beneath the layer. The outer peel and layer of everything is, became a blockage to the person using it, to the person consuming it. And that's why it's such a big deal for us that every time we use something, we need to be able to go past the shell, to go past the layer, the outer layer. Some shells are able to be transformed. Some shells today, we have to work on transforming them and helping that the outer surface, outer layer, project and... Uh, um, bring out the beauty of what's inside. Some shells are impossible for us to transform. But when Mashiach comes, there's a different... There is the shalosh klipasatme. For example, uh, David, I'll give you the example. Things which are treif, 
something which is completely prohibited for a Jew to consume of and to partake of, there is no way for a Jew to transform it other than not using it. The Shia comes, okay. So this is something. One second. This is something that only God can do. This is something that only God can do to take those areas, those shells, which are cannot be worked on, transformed by us and transform them. So Rabbi Yehuda views that when Mashiach comes, the ultimate is getting rid of all that evil. That the evil won't, won't exist, it won't be there. Rabbi Shimon says, the ultimate is when Hashem will transform everything, even those parts which, which seem that cannot be transformed, the nature of an animal to be a predator, to harm, that Hashem will transform that, and that will be called getting rid of it, because it will be a new thing. It will be a new world. It will be a new era. It will be a new... <laughs> you're, stuck on, you're stuck on it. So this is, <laughs> so this is the, the beauty of Rabbi Shimon's view. Obviously, all views in Torah are correct. And we don't have enough time to go through now how Rabbi Yehuda's view can be understood from a spiritual and, uh, level and be, uh, be taken a message and lesson from. But Rabbi Shimon's view is definitely something we can learn from, which is what we have to work on now. That people have the um, nature sometimes to run away from dealing with issues. You have an issue, run away from it. Run away from it. And sometimes that is the approach. And initially sometimes that's the approach. But the real way to deal with something, the Torah tells us, let me give you the power and the energy to be able to deal with it and transform it. Sometimes you have, a dis- you have to disengage to be able to eventually engage. Sometimes you're not ready to engage right away, but that's for a separate time. The theme today is that you have to engage with those issues that we have and transform them, work on them. And this is how we prepare for Mashiach. Because when Mashiach comes, everything will be transformed. We will see the, the, how the shell is a projection of the inside. Now the outer layer, which seems Everyone to be a harmful, is a projection. Want to get into that Everyone's wearing a shell. No one's transparent. No one's Everyone has to project that. Everyone has that shell. Back when a shell comes the world, everyone shines. Exactly. But right now, we have this field, this layer, on top of these good that are allowing what? It's pretty shiny. Is shiny, shiny. <laughs> Definitely are. Should you go to Victor this morning? This morning, not yet. I can tell you. <laughs> I went yesterday. <laughs> to go for today. Okay. With trade? So it depends which trade. There's different levels. Certain type of trade you can't even have benefit from. You can't do business with. With something which is completely trade. This is connected to Shavuos. This is actually connected to Shavuos, this time in the year. Because by Shavuos, there is something interesting that we find as opposed to Pesach. Pesach, we know, like we discussed, you have to get rid of chametz. You can't have any chametz. Whether Rabbi Yehuda's way, Rabbi Shimon's way, you can't have chametz. Shavuos is something interesting. What do we find by Shavuos? It is the one time a year where in the base of Megdash, there had to specifically be a carbon that was made out of chametz. Source 6. Where the Torah says, what is the carbon of Shavuos? You have to bring bread, two loaves of bread, fine flour, the Torah instructs they should be baked as chametz. Ironic, coming from Pesach, no other kabbalists in the Beis HaMikdash were supposed to be allowed to be of chametz. Because Pesach, what's the difference? Pesach, we're running away from the bad. And the Jewish people left Egypt. They weren't worthy. They weren't worthy of being taken out. Hashem took them out even though they were, they were on a very low level. They were taken out. They had to go through a process of transformation. Sphere Soyimer. Every day working on another habit, another behavior. Until Shavuos, they were not ready to receive the Torah. And they're ready to receive the Torah when, you're able to, when they were ready for transformation. Hashem, Hashem said, okay, now it's time to use the chametz. 
in the base of Mikdash. Now we can use the chametz and not be afraid and not be worried that it will pull you down. On the contrary, it can be used for something positive. Chametz, which represents ego, right? Self-centeredness, everything revolving around you. It can be used in the positive light, which we'll discuss more tomorrow. How you can use your ego in a positive way. Okay? <laughs>